Hello, welcome to Book Shambles. The Book Shambles itself will start in a moment, but first of all, a couple of announcements, which is uh, from now on, the long, unedited version uh, will only be available for Patreon supporters. So we're still going to be putting out a 30-minute, uh, I suppose, kind of Radio 4 uh, version of Book Shambles, uh, but there will also be a uh, full, predominantly unedited save for uh, slander or realisation that we sounded beyond idi- idiotic, but overall, an unedited version, that's going to be going out to Patreon. Patreon supporters. If you'd like to hear the full version of this conversation, then come to cosmicshambles.com slash bookshambles and support us via Patreon. Uh, you still get a good 30 minutes here, though. It's all right for free, isn't it? Right, we'll start now. Yes. So, everyone, proper showbiz voices, none of that reality of what you really believe. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. I did a voiceover. Uh, like, I don't really do voice. Well, I don't anyway, do- by the way, this is Josie and Robin's book channels, and that's Josie talking about a voiceover. Let's continue. Uh, I don't do voiceovers unless they are for organisations. Like, I wouldn't do a commercial voiceover. But I did one for you ENO. You always have to get at me, just because I was the voice of Mara and the Fruity Chews. <laughs> Very good chews. Very good chews. Oh. But I, but as soon as I got the paper in my hand, because it was more voiceover than I normally do, I was like, "You can find these things available here." And I was like, "Where does it come from?" Like I knew what to do without doing it. You knew yeah. how to speak. Well, no, but I knew how to the speak voice. in the right voice. Because you've watched TV. And this is Ian yeah. Lee, by the way. Hello. Who is our uh, our guest today? The uh, enfant terrible. This is a bit because we oh. always have this kind of running. People are always described as we're joined by uh, author, comedian, yes. and, and broadcaster. broadcaster. But on this occasion, we are actually joined by broadcaster Ian Lee because yeah. that's what you predominantly do. It is, isn't it? I don't. I, and it's a bit of a lazy word, but I, I'm not a comedian. I don't. Th- I don't think I ever was. I'm just like you can't just go. We're joined by man. A human being. I do, if you have to, if you have to categorise me, then broadcaster. You are radios, Ian Lee, definitely. Yeah. I well, I, that's how I've uh, uh, fed my kids for the last, geez, I don't know, twelve years. Is doing the radio. That's what I'm doing now. It's fun. It's fun. But you know how to do that voice. Like if you were given a news story to read, Josie, oh. you'd know. You know. Sadly, the voice. many people did not fights I, I well, no, you see, uh, Ian I think you have perhaps there given it to sadly many people did not fight rope. <laughs> I, I don't know um, no, on a lighter note how many biscuits will it take for this mayor well, this is, I think wow. said, on a lighter note um, here's a man who's not quite so keen on biscuits as I've got older I, my principles have, have shrunk I don't know if that's the general way it goes for people, but as I've got older and I've got more responsibility in terms of a mortgage, in terms of two kids, um, my, I still have some... But, you know, I made stupid decisions out of principles. We worked together, of course, mm-hmm. on the 11 o'clock show, and I walked out of the last series of the 11 o'clock show a week before it aired because I was going, this isn't funny, this is beneath me, this is... You know, I walked out on £90,000, you know, Whoa. and that was... That How was old a, were you when you did that? Um, when I walked out on it, um, uh, 27, 28. Oh, that so was a mixture young. of arrogance, of fear, of I'm going to be honest. There was drugs and alcohol in there as well. Um, uh, but just, just a, 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 primarily a misplaced arrogance that I was better than that, and uh, and I left, I left, you know, a whole channel in the lurch, you know, mm. and um, walked away from it. At the time, it felt like I was doing the right thing. Now I look back and think, oh, you prick, you know what? What, what a, a rude. Just rude thing to do, you know. I should have bitten, bitten my lip and gotten on with it. Who replaced you? John Holmes. 
John Holmes. It was Sarah Alexander. Everyone else had left. That's right, yeah, Sarah Alexander. Everyone had left. All the people on camera, all the people behind the camera had left. So I was the only one there. Uh, And I was was doing it because it was going to be a lot of money. And um, I did the pilot episode on the Thursday. The series was going to start on the Tuesday. And I thought it was awful. It probably wasn't awful. It was just different. You know, it was mm. just different. And um, and I just, I, I kind of threw a hissy fit. It was partly because I was drunk. Um, and just, it was just arrogance at that point. It's a weird thing. At that time, I don't know if you've ever had this. I uh, Almost simultaneously, I could be incredibly arrogant and think I'm the best thing there is, but also full of self-loathing at exactly the same time. And that kind That's of... That's the traditional, I think, of a lot of... Uh, I think a lot of human beings. Yeah, it's it's the I think it uh, is. It, it's the the collision. I mean, you you notice it. I think probably most exaggerated, perhaps in in and mm. so it's like the Spike Milligan line, which I think is in one of the, the collections of his, his his kind of journalism, where he talks about comedians and mental health, obviously because he was one of the most famous. And he said actually he doesn't think there is a, a particular difference. No, in, in there. he said, but what it is, it's it's a black ink stain on a white shirt. Mm. He said because you're ta da, oh, the idea that you have yes. the other side makes the contrast greater but for a lot of other people they're going through the same and I think we're becoming more aware that other people are going through the same thing in the last three or four years with with people like Matt Haig you know his book Reasons to Stay Alive and, and Stephen Fry and all these other that's a great people. Matt Haig have you read Matt Haig's Reasons to Stay Alive I dipped into it and it is great yeah, I think it's. it's really I think he's. I think he's a genius, way. and and that book is is a wonderful exploration of one man's you know struggle with mental health, and then loads of people have come out and said, well, yeah, but you're privileged, and you. Well, it doesn't matter. That's his story. He's not saying, hey, this is what it was probably like for you, or this is what it might be like for you. He's going, this was my story. I couldn't even go to the shops without breaking in, down into tears. Um, but I came out at the moment. I've come out the other side for the you know for the meantime, and I think people talking like that about it has made uh, other people that aren't comedians or whatever go actually yeah do you know what I feel shit and sometimes I feel like killing myself once I've put my kids to bed and stuff like that which a lot of people do I think there's two books which I think we talked about before which I would really recommend but one is uh, by Daryl Cunningham which is Psychiatric Tales oh, uh, Daryl's a, a, a comic book uh, he, he did Science Tales Psychiatric Tales he has a very good one called Super Crash which is all about Ayn Rand and Ayn Rand's influence on okay. them the, the, the people Alan Greenspan etc mm. but psychiatric, he's a former psychiatric nurse yeah. who also has then faced his own psychiatric problems beautiful short stories explaining different ideas of mental mm. health um and uh, and the other person i was going to mention is uh, nathan filer's uh, the shock of the fall i don't know which that is one a great either. Uh, i can't remember i think it won the i can't remember costa prize or something like that and again he's another person who's a psychiatric nurse a very right. have you read shock of the fall no i haven't he did a brilliant archive hour about uh kind of myths of mental health mm. as shown through the media and uh, i think it's on iplay really recommend it to people shock of the fall is a fantastic novel he is a great human being very interesting person um what I found intriguing, so the, it starts off with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Because yeah. in mental health, so one of the things that really uh, is the idea that ECT is a kind of punishment mm. and it's just a terrible thing. And then they have, I think she is one of the press officers for Mind, who also has ECT. Mm. And says, actually, it's not, you know, you see One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and you think Nurse Ratchet goes, now I'm going to electrocute his brain. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And actually, for a lot of people, apparently, it's been extremely positive. It's on the rise electroconvulsive therapy it's kind of made a, a comeback in the last five years as a potential treatment i don't quite know 
the science behind it, but it, as a potential treatment for saying that. Like there was a, a study recently, and a friend of mine said, "Oh, I've I've tried it. It's true." Saying that magic mushrooms can help depression. It can help kind of just slightly rewire the neural pathways in the brain. So, I'm not saying go and do that, guys. I, you know, but there there are different things out there. Well, we're work. still in such an interesting early time of because there are ECG. I don't know if you, have you read the Shock Doctrine, Josie. Uh, no, but I really get it. I get it. <laughs> Red zones and green zones. I get it. Disaster but, capitalism. I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to read. It's like I've read half of No Logo. I get it. <laughs> Bad. I haven't read. Uh, what's the new one? This changes everything yeah. because I fear it is too sad. There's another so one. So I just feel like I well. get Take it. The mate. red pill. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I haven't yet read it, and I'm very frustrated. But I, um, what I like is that Alfonso Cuarón, who made Children of Men, made the documentary of it, and there's real kind of you can feel the interplay between that the two of them. That's my. You know, Sintra, I was just thinking because that that opens with a story. Uh, they kind of use an allegory from uh, the years of ECT where there was a point where some neuroscientists, some uh, neuro- would go, right, you just need to almost erase the brain. It's like a reboot, I think. Yeah. Is, and um... I think throughout its history, you know, the 20th century and mental health and understanding the brain has led to, you know, terrible mistakes being made, including, you know, the, the guy who... Uh, I forget what the hell the book's called, but it's the guy who basically lost all of his uh, long-term memory. Mm. He had he had a lot of seizures. They, uh, uh, I, I think it was the possibly the hippocampus. By the way, everything I'm saying, the, book, the book's by Suzanne Corklin. <laughs> there are people look at, taking look, notes. Yeah, this look up Susan Corklin. She wrote a book about it. It came out last year, um, and it's uh, and you know he had uh, you know they thought oh great we've stopped the seizures. Oh, he now just has this. Uh, yeah. memory, but, so it's it's an interesting thing that we we continue to move on. And it's the same thing with uh, just to quickly say with with medication as well. I'm I'm on a, a couple of antidepressants, and it's taken years to find the combination that works for me. I was on citalopram for years, then I tried sertraline, but it just gave me the twitchiest legs. I'd just my legs would be sat there like this, and now I can't remember what I'm on. I'm on metazapine and something else um and if it's it's the steadiest i've felt in years you know and i still have moments where i'm i'm literally looking around thinking well i, I think i could get a rope up there and that would probably sustain me. literally doing that you know um as a potential option but with this combination of pills I'm on, it's, it's the steadiest that I've been, and I don't. And, and you know, there was a. I don't. For a lot of people, I think there is a stigma around taking medication for it, as they see it as a cheat or, or, or a shortcut of stuff. And it's not. It's like if you had cancer, you'd go and have chemo or radiotherapy or whatever. If you got asthma, you'd take Ventolin. It's it's medicine. You know, I'm ill, and it's medicine. And I don't. Today, I don't want to kill myself. So that's good. That's a bonus. Can I just say... Oh, this is a disaster, because I thought this was going to be like when Richard Herring interviewed Stephen Fry, (laughs) and we get loads of blinking downloads. It turns out we've got him when he's upbeat. Well, you should have got me last night. I was fucking miserable last night. I I hate your Twitter feed sometimes. I I enjoy when I see that you've pulled out a toenail, which I've done myself as well. Can I say, I I find that jet lag has... uh, If you travel to... Because you've just been in New York. Yeah. And I find that jet lag has the most profound effect on your mental health and you don't realise it it's like because like how are we we designed as little beasts to cope with such sci-fi things stress it's it's incredibly stressful and it's sort of 
you know, it's a big thing to have to deal with and people don't fully appreciate it. And I think it can really knock you off. Guilty. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you're right. about I, I say too, I say too much on Twitter. I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. When we talked about this on my radio show once and I was surprised at the number of people that phoned in and then the number of primarily men, I'm sure it's similar for women, but it was primarily men that came up to me when I was doing shows and said, uh, can I just have a word being private? Um, talked about loneliness about being lonely right and i've got kids and i've got a wife and i've got a few friends but i'm inherently i'm really fucking lonely it's the kind of the key thing and uh, i think and it's interesting we we're talking i think before we came on about joe cox and, and and in her memory there's been like a loneliness campaign has kind of been launched mm. um and the number of of um men of a similar age to me that have approached me and said i'm lonely i've got a wife i've got kids i've got friends but there's this there's this loneliness inside and so i go on twitter and say i'm finished but i'm also aware that that's not really what twitter is for is me exposing my soul and saying i fucking hate myself when i want to die you know I, that's not but what it's for i think that well i think it does help I'm swearing People. too much. Sorry. No, no you're really allowed to swear. It's from I, me. I had no swears on the other one. So okay. we, you, we've got all of them left. It's dropping down slowly. But. I think when people, like, because some people are like, I, I just, I use Twitter to I promote things, you know, and, and I think that, like, actually it's, it sort of helps people sometimes to see someone else be vulnerable. Maybe. I don't and know. Can, and also, like, you know, our society atomizes people. And yeah. It does make people lonely. It does, you know, like, lots of civil society and lots of things that were part of our community and part of our like fellowship and togetherness have been kind of taken away from yeah. us and so it's like a difficult thing that we have to try and rebuild in new ways that we're like not really yet getting the hang of yeah as a whole as a society it's interesting that thing you say i don't know if the the, the, the division between a male reaction of it is uh, i was chatting to someone who'd been talking quite a lot about mental health and they said that, uh the men who uh, would always write an email and say, I can't give you my name, blah, 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 mm. blah. Whereas he found that more often women were more comfortable. in. I don't know whether, again, whether that's true. I don't want to talk about broad, you know, but he, he found it interesting that with some people who had hidden it for a long time, he had noticed from his own personal experience. Mm. Now, whether that's true or not, this is all anecdotal based on yeah. one thing. So can I ask you, because we, yes. otherwise we get in trouble with, and by the way, when I say, hey, it's merely out of worry, you know, okay. because I Thank also, I, I go up, I, I'm up quite late. Yes. So very often when you're up at three in the morning and you can't sleep, and you start to, and that's when you yes. see the people in the UK yeah. who are still up, and again, possibly insomniacs and that those kind of things. Where you know, I mean, that's what I find remarkable. You were talking about jet lag, or even that bit where it only takes two nights of not sleeping, and you think I'm crazy. Yeah, well, that's I, why Twitter is good for loneliness because you see people that you know, and you have this little community sometimes that you chat with at four in the morning. And- as long as you can then ignore any of those, you know, the the the, the, the trollish people, because that's the thing is to build. I'm getting that- better at that. Yeah, I think you're getting better at that as well. I got some new rules. Yeah, go on. Let's hear your rules. Mute wankers. (laughs) Yeah. Block cunts. No political chat with twats. Oh, uh, by the way, you know the thing I said about the swears? Yeah. They've all been used. I'm so sorry. If somebody's a bit of a wanker. Yeah. You know, they're not a cunt, they're just the wanker. Oh, they're going to get a We're now going into the next podcast having to swear. <laughs> I'm sorry. And also, it sounds really arrogant. Like, I don't think I'm anything special or great. It's just sometimes you have to protect yourself a little bit online. And so I have this fun way of saying, like, if, you know, it's just the way you can I'm do one shot, though. You do what you do is you, I found sometimes uh, someone says something quite unpleasant, you reply in quite a reasonable manner. Uh, sometimes they then go, oh, 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 hang on a minute, this is quite reasonable. And by the third one, 
it's all calmed down and everyone's yes. kind of all right. Yes. I have to interrupt here because one of the complaints we've had of the recent series is that we don't talk about books enough. Now, we Hang haven't on, talked about any books. Who complained about that? Some of the listeners who actually pay Patreon, so don't, don't have a go. May I just very sake. quickly say it's about books? Fucking love Kurt Vonnegut as well. Hey, he's, he's the best, best isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I've, got a, I've got a Kurt Vonnegut print, signed print, oh. that I got for my birthday. And I nearly interviewed him at LBC. We got in touch with him oh, about a year God. before he died. Oh my God. And we got in touch and we said, we'd love you to come on. And I wrote this gushing kind of thing. And his solicitor, got, his solicitor was representing him. And he got back in touch and said, Mr. Vonnegut is considering it. My heart be still. And then he got back about two weeks later and said... Um, Mr. Vonnegut feels he has nothing more to say. Oh my God. Well, at that point, it probably was because yeah. he wrote Man Without a Country. Yeah. yeah. And that was his return. And then, because there was, I remember a really mean spirited, you know, when you get very angry about a bit of journalism that you just, but in, in an Australian newspaper, I just arrived out there, so a little bit jet lagged. Um, there was this interview that totally, mis- I think, totally misunderstood Kurt Vonnegut and did that thing where it went, this dishevelled man yeah. who stumbles oh, and yeah. you go, get he's 82. Out. Yeah. He's 82. Do yeah. you know what? He doesn't have to always have yeah. a neat cardigan on. Yeah. And and he's Kurt Vonnegut, and he's written that stuff really mean-spirited, hateful piece. So the you, other day, be- oh sorry, no, come on. No, but the other day I was trying to write something about Eugene Debs, mm. um, and I was trying to do some research about him and about like McCarthyism and all kinds of things. I went through, I got all of my Kurt Vonnegut books wow. off the shelf, and I looked at all the bits I'd underlined, yeah. and like like looked at all my favourite bits, and I just forgot. Like what a treasure trove! Oh, it's is. wonderful. Like how how extensive his writing is. Like all the different, and also just how fucking epi, epigrammatic it is. Like it's so on point, and there's so much out of it that you want to rip out and memorize. To like, I've read every book a dozen times. I recently I just found it, uh, uh, and I've I've not read it yet. But I hadn't I hadn't realized they released it. The Kurt Vonnegut Encyclopedia. Oh. Oh yeah, I know it's his. Gorgeous, massive book, and it's oh, it's oh, it's just I've flicked through it. It's delicious. I want to get that. Get that, and you've read the biography, of course. No, I don't. Tend There's various to go for ones. There aren't the biography. There's the one by. Uh, I, I've only seen the one. I can't remember which, which one. It's. There's quite an interesting collection which is just about each novel broken down, which is called Unstuck. Oh, which I've you not can seen pick that. up that 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 is. There's uh, the letters as well, the Kurt Vonnegut letters. Yeah. Oh, it's get that. It's delicious. I'm an idiot for not. Oh, it's getting Kurt Vonnegut idiot. letters. It's great, isn't the best thing when you go into a bookshop and go. I did not know yeah, that existed. It is. Yeah. It re- it's a thrill to get the letters. It's it's, a, it's hilarious and it's mean and it's cantankerous and it's delicious. I love it. What's the? Uh, there's also the collection that came out last year, which is all his uh, speeches that he did at universities. Oh yeah, oh, that's a nice that's little yeah. collection. My yeah, brother, because he was turning twenty-one, so I wanted to give him that. You should also read Howard Zinn, who's someone else. That, I don't know if you're ever aware of Howard Zinn. He's one of those people that surprises me how few people are aware of him. Uh, great historian. Okay, uh, and he wrote a lot about Debs, using yeah. Debs. So you know, and, really and worth reading. His also, stuff. I discovered trying to research that Bernie Sanders made an audio documentary about Eugene Debs. Oh wow! That is the sweetest thing in the world. He made it in 1979 or whatever, and he made it. Um, I think as part of like a democratic society or like a socialist society that he ran was like making it. So it's him and and a couple of other people, and it's dramatized, <laughs> but it's like. It's like really well-meaning, kind teachers making resources for schools. Oh, so there's bits out. where they like dramatise it, and in yeah. the background there's like a, a woman going, "Rights for workers, mm. a fair day's wage," and then he's like, "At demonstrations across yeah. Pennsylvania," <laughs> and you're like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever had." So I really, it's on YouTube. You can find and access that. Who? Yeah. Um, so what? Do you, because you need to be have have a broad knowledge to do the kind of shows yes. that you do. 
So where do you go in terms of your reading? Yes. What are your habits when you, I mean, how much do you find that, for instance, a show day and you suddenly think, oh, man, I've, I want to do something on this today on the show. I hope that's covered. So I better go, you know, to the library, the bookshop, whatever. How, how much do you do that? Uh, well, one of the, 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 my general reading is it's interesting you don't, you don't tend to read biographies. That's that's generally my where I go all the time is biographies and autobiographies. I love it. And I really have to kick myself up the arse to make myself read other bits and pieces. Um, I, I'd like to say I go to the library all the time, and I do go occasionally, and I make sure that my, my boys go to the library, but I'm lazy. So, it's, it's, I mean, we've got this thing called Google now, and I'm one of those lazy, lazy people. Yes, I support my library. Yes, my boys are members, and they, they get books out. But I, I, I must admit, I'm a lazy... I like working in the library, though. Mm. That's a joy. Um, uh, although the last time I was there, I got kicked off the table... Because there was a knitting group had booked the table. <laughs> a knitting group in the library. But I, I'm a, they're armed, remember. They are. Yeah, they're going <laughs> in with weapons. the thing about libraries, and I found this out, because I kind of started going again when we had the boys. About seven years, about six years ago, I really started going to libraries again with the children, because it was nice to be surrounded by books. And then I started going, oh, I, I, I'll come in here and work. You're allowed to make noise in libraries now. I, and I don't like that no. and I know doing it because they want everyone to come in and hey it's you know we're a library we're cool but you can make noise and no one does the you don't get the stern I remember being a kid that five years old making so much noise in the library I was told to stand outside and I was outside while my mum was in the library on her own now you can do what you want no you not well you, you sound like a library that does not follow the library rules so <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know but I, 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 um, I if, if we've got guests on we tend not to get guests on just because they're plugging something. We get people on I like. But if they're people that I like and they're plugging something, then beautiful. They're very welcome. But, you know, I, I, it, it, it's a joy because I get to read, you know, I've got the new Matt Haig book, um, uh, How to Stop Time, uh, which I've not started yet because he's going to come on. We had... Um, Will uh, Will Store on to talk about his book Selfie, which I'm I'm reading. Oh uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting. I've just I've I've just started Selfie. Selfie is great. It's it. I found What's the, that? it's it's about how we've become self obsessed in modern society. The beginning I found a little bit impenet a little bit impenetrable. Um, uh, but once you get past the beginning, it's a joy. His book before that, Heretics, yeah, you I've just dive straight in, and it's a delicious. And I, think I, I certainly disagree with. So, I mean, I, I remember he got a bad review, and I'd happened to mention that I'd quite enjoyed it, and he was he was in one of those days where he went, "Oh, can you say something?" <laughs> and I did like it. Is I think I think this, yeah, Heretics, which is about? it's about people uh, who have a a, a position, uh, scientific, historical, which is seen as a heresy. So, for instance, Rupert Sheldrake, who writes about you know the ability of uh, of animals to sense when you're coming home and that's a very short way of talking about a lot of work that he's done uh and uh, also about david irving for mm. instance who probably gets I, th- I think in most of the chapters there's a little bit where will store kind of goes and do you know what at the end of it all i rather liked him yeah that no. doesn't happen with david oh, irving yeah. which is a uh, <laughs> um but yeah, he's a, a selfie was at the review I read the other day because I've only just started. I've read the first couple of chapters yeah, about the, 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 the violent guy, of, yeah. you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and one of the reviews said, it, you know, the first two thirds, and then the final third, which yeah. is about uh, media and social media, it said is is absolutely fantastic. But I think the, I think the whole book's a joy, and it's and it's great, you know. And because we're doing a late night show, if it was a breakfast show or a drive time, you'd get eight minutes with mm. a guest. And but we we had him in for an hour, you know, and we talked about the book and we talked nonsense and like. We kind of, you know, we went off on tangents, and um, he came in for an hour and sat down and chatted with us. So um, we get we get a lot of writers in, and, it's, and it means I've got this huge backlog of books to read, which is delicious. Yeah, it's you know, so I good. Love it. Although it's it started to get a bit sickening 
like physically sickening when I think about how slowly I can yeah. read and how like just yesterday I bought um, a book about Jeremy Corbyn called The Candidate mm. which seemed really interesting to me and I bought the new Anna Minton book Anna Minton wrote this really brilliant book called Ground Control okay. that I really recommend it's about the privatisation of public space Yeah, and I feel like that oh book... it's happening in London all over the oh, place loads of it completely yeah. it's a, and um, it's uh, it's a really really interesting book I feel like it educated me so much yeah. she talks about how um, lots of new housing developments are secured by design yeah. and about how much inbuilt kind of fencing and and gating people off and how bad that is for people and how it's based on really flimsy evidence and stuff like that she talks about land grabs in town centres by private companies she talks about Pathfinder which is like one of the biggest crimes of new labour where they basically uh, compulsory purchase ordered beautiful rows of Victorian terraces and forced people out of their homes so that they could build yuppie flats wow. that didn't go anywhere and like, it was, what was Mark Thomas's show called? He did, Mark Thomas did this wonderful show Loiterous. where he basically kept walking through areas where he, he found you know like Thames paths where he went that office building that's been stuck in the middle that's actually a that, that's we have to have the right of way yeah. wow. so he would kind of walk you know the foyer okay, put yeah. on gigs in the foyer yeah and all of that. I did that gig he's such a delight activist oh he's amazing mm. but um so she's just written a book about london which is called big capital i think mm. and i feel like it's like the most apt thing for now and if anyone were the right person to write it she is and i think it's going to be devastating but i think it's gonna be a really important book for people to read at the moment but that haven't been said i'm like i have like seven other books that i even got in the past month that i know i need there's, to read and i can only read one book a week at most there's a delicious good i don't know what the word is the japanese Japanese have a word for someone who buys books, you know, just compulsively buys books and then piles them up and never reads them. Yeah, and they that's have a word. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I've, I, you know, I've got these books coming in for guests that we've got, but then I'm also, you know, going into bookshops. You, you can't stop yourself. You can't. Because you think, I want to know about yeah. that. But and does I, it mean you read less? That's what I worry about because yeah. I, I, my, my house is preposterous. Uh, uh, in terms of the number of books, and I because I remember sh- uh, there's a there's a an essay I th- it might even be called on reading by Schopenhauer, mm. which says you know people should realise that buying the book does not mean you've read it or understood <laughs> it, and you do mm-hmm. because you see a book and you go yeah. um, oh that and you want to just touch it and go take in the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also, when you get rid of books, I'm having to get rid of, in fact, we're giving away some, uh, I try and give away a box of books per show. Mm. Uh, by the way, I apologise for those who haven't yet received their box of books. What but I've been away, I've been away for about in. three months, so it's been very hard to get to the post office. But then I find things like Moon Dust, which is a book I was talking about the other day, which I've had for ages and I haven't got around to reading. Yeah. And then I get a chance to meet an Apollo astronaut and I go, right, I'm reading the whole of Moon Dust. And so, and then every time I get rid of a so book, everyone... two days later I go, Oh, and that's a particular angle on Freudianism yeah. that actually now I need to understand. Yeah, I've had to get get rid of some books, and it is, and, it, and then six months later I go, where you know, mm. where is that Marvin Gaye book? I, I need to read it. That's I'm a good one, the, the one about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, and, yeah. I, I, and I want, and, and of course I've given it away because I read it, and I thought, well, I never want to read that again. What's that um, about? Yeah. So, would you, sorry. No, no. You want to have a library? I think there's something yeah. from wherever, like whatever it is, if it's a class thing and, and what it is. But the I growing up, the yeah. idea that at one point I would have a library of books mm. was like the most romantic and important thing to me, and it still is a bit like. And and I'm passing that on to my kids. I've got two boys who are seven and five, and uh, for Christmas. I bought the seven-year-old the box set of The Secret Seven because I remember having it as a kid. I remember, you know, being about his age and just loving it, loving it. And I kind of thought, we'll see how we get on with that. And the first few I read to him, but now I come home and he's sat there 
God, I've nearly finished book 12 of The Secret. And he's, oh. and he's, he's plowing through them. And he'll phone me up and do, well, so what happened? They've kidnapped Scamper. Someone's taken Scamper. And then Jack doesn't know where he is. And he's telling me, and it's so exciting. And then my youngest, who's five, is reading, he's, reading isn't quite up to that speed yet. But I came, I came into his bedroom the other night saying, you should really be asleep. And he sat there with page one of Harry Potter, which is way too complicated for him to read himself. And I came back half an hour later and he's still there on page one of Harry Potter. And it's just, it's joyous to see mm. this, you know, this the, the, the kids sat there reading. And, and they say the seven-year-old's nearly ploughed through all of the Secret Seven and loving it. And he's going to write his own Secret Seven story. Oh, of course and, he is. and then he's got the box set of the Famous Five to go on to next, you know, and it's just, oh, it's delicious. But your obsolescence, that's the thing that is interesting. Because with my son, there was a point. Because the speed of change in reading is, is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a one sentence picture book. Then it's Horrid Henry. Then it's Horrid like Henry, he's, yes. he's just finished all the Harry Potter yeah. books. You know, nine years old and it's done. Yeah. And I think I don't know if he's got the right thing out of it because of course she was carefully writing them for the generation as they got older. Yeah. But they love you know that that excitement. But that moment where you go, uh, you don't require me to read this evening and then you actually the joys you said of watching those rings go around the eyes going you really should go yeah. I'll go to bed in a minute but I've just found out because he's just got to fight you know yeah, yeah, Voldemort yeah. and those let me just finish this chapter daddy please oh, but it's you can't a, say no to that it's a really yeah it's it's a it's a, a, such an exciting thing to see the, the way that they react to uh, language and there, there was a rather sweet thing with a, a physicist that I was doing something the other day his son is 15 but they still read at night he still reads him a Gosh, story that's but it's like they just and they're all now you know kind of like obviously you know yeah. grown up books and novels but he still really enjoys the experience of them sitting down yeah. together and the 15 year old currently enjoys the experience of going dad let's read this together mm. I think that's a really fascinating thing yeah. I've never seen mine, that before a yeah. friend of mine used to read with their partner they used to read books to each other and it was not something that I'd heard anyone doing and it was like god that sounds so romantic I was about to say romantic yeah, yeah. and quite sexy that's quite sexy the sure, most I used to right, recite uh, John Cooper Clark uh, or John Hegley poems to my wife Really? Yeah. Is that what? Oh. Well, it, it, it as in this paper's boring. It's mindless. It's mean. It's filled with <laughs> pornography. The kind that's clean, where William Hickey meets Michael Caine again and again and again and again. I've seen Democracy Under Duress, but I've never seen a nipple in the Daily Express. Thank you. The, uh, <laughs> I really like. Um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love. Th- that's a thing where you know when you forget. Just very briefly on poetry is, yeah. you forget how much John Cooper Clark changed everything. It's fascinating. Oh, we've run out of time, but it's it's. Well, I was watching a documentary recently. There's a fantastic box set as well of his recorded stuff uh, with also an extra DVD right. of footage. And you go, this guy going out at punk gigs, yeah, and this staccato. Yeah, Do you know, I'm not that. I'm aware of him, and I'm not that familiar with him. And he's, he's someone who's kind of on the list of people that I know I've got to check out. BBC Four documentary right. that is also available is. Uh, he also okay. has an incredible knowledge I've forgotten about. I did uh, Celebrity Pointless, still not been aired. Don't understand why. It's Might been a year. year to yeah. And then when One, it did yeah. air, I was, I was outed as a racist. Anyway. Oh, it's no. I, I still can't give away what happened, which is terrible. Did you win? Um, uh, yeah, we, me and Cheggers got, we won. You were with Cheggers? We, we won, but we didn't win the star prize. Why were you on a, you were on a team with Cheggers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we were. How so, was that? I like Cheggers. He's a nice, you know, it's Cheggers. It's Cheggers. He's a nice guy. You know, we, you just turn up and they go, oh, you're with Cheggers. And you um, go, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it was, it was, it's, a, it's fun. I'd never watched it. So the, I was literally the first one to answer a question. And they said, they asked me the question. And I said, right, I'm, so, I'm really sorry, Alexander. I, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to. I've got to get an answer that no one's thought of. So it's like reverse family fortunes. <laughs> first answer, pointless. Yes. Yeah, I think he was quite annoyed with us because uh, the group that I was with, uh, we we were like, we really wanted to do well. Yeah. 
Everyone did. It was like academics and then John Cooper Clark and me. John Cooper Clark because he's a doctor. Oh, wow. He was in a different team. You were with John no, Cooper No, I was Clark? with Kate Williams, who we've, we've oh, interviewed the historian. It. The best. So uh, John and me were the ones who aren't actually academics, but he's got, well, obviously he is now because he's Dr. John Cooper yeah. Clark. And I stand next to a physicist sometimes. So, you know, apparently <laughs> I've taken that. But um, anyway, I, I'm sorry that we've run out of time already because uh, it is, well, there is, that's the problem with this thing, which is, uh, you know, there was so much to talk about. And I would like to, genuinely, I would like to have, have kept talking talking about the other stuff but uh, I thought book shambles we do have to get onto books but if we can Wait. can we do a radio shambles with you well, where we do say- a one off which will just be about yeah. the history of talk radio in terms of in your mind and, and yeah 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 definitely come on both of you come on my show I've been I asking you to come on for a year have you Ms. Long. Oh, she have is you? yes I have have you changed your phone number uh no, but I don't think I've received any messages. Unbelievable. What an awful you, cliffhanger my, this is. No, but I don't think I have received maybe, maybe any I've messages. Been, um, texting um, you might have the wrong... my mum or something. I don't know. Possibly. But come on, you're both welcome. Yeah, I'd love to. Very I'd love to. The, uh, maybe I've just been dense. Maybe. I've been away for the best part of a year. That is true. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So, uh, Ian Lee, talk radio 10 till uh, 1. Yes, uh, weeknights. Uh, which is, uh, and it is, it, it's fantastic Thank to you. listen to. And uh, apologies for those who respected, but, but sometimes this happens. Sometimes we don't talk about it. We, we got but books. Permanent rec- Present Tense, by the way, is the title of the book, which is about Patient go. H. And there is also a book called Patient H, which is also about well, Patient, Patient H. H. And you've recommended some Kurt we, Vonnegut. We talked about all For those listeners who Kurt haven't picked Vonnegut. up on Kurt Vonnegut, yeah, how much, what, maybe you were the voice we needed. My favourite is, the, is obvi- it, the obviously one is Slaughterhouse Five. I just read that every couple of years. But I've got a real soft spot for Sirens of Titan. Do you know I still That's haven't read it? I've oh, been I it. love it. It's like just a full-on... It starts off as a full-on science fiction, then about halfway through it, he goes, oh, I'm, I'm getting a bit bored of this. I'm going to start fucking around with it. And it's just it's just really messed up book. I love that one. See, I, I think mine is just because I'm a huge Darwin fan as well. I love Galapagos. Yeah, yeah. Um, really. But then again, also I love, um, you know, Slapstick No More. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, think it's, I think they're all Mother brilliant. I, I even really... And I know it... I, I don't think it got particularly good reviews, reviews but Timequake. I loved it. First no, time I, I read it, Timequake. First time I read it, I was disappointed. Anyway, then I went back was, to it. And uh, I... Sorry. No, you keep going. Uh, uh, no, I agree. It's really great. Yeah, it's a really good book. And it's funny because it's so modern. Yeah. Like, that's basically, what, 2006 or something? Same with Hocus Pocus. That's 2005. What's the one with Ice Nine? Uh, Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle. I, a book. This is what I should do if I ever do Mastermind. I should do on Cat Bonnegan. So, thank you very much for listening. And as usual, we would like to thank some of those who support us on Patreon. And this week, we would like to thank Caroline Sefton, Benjamin Russell, Martin Coomer, Olivia Humphreys, Alistair Dixon, Stephen. Samantha Davis, Georgia Hutchinson, Stuart Rutherford, Emma Palmer, Stuart Lambon, and the Box of Book winners, which I will get out as soon as possible. Honestly, I'm not on tour anymore, so I should finally get them out. Box of Book winners, uh, Box of Book winner, rather, is Hannah Little. Don't forget, if you'd like to check on the reading list for this particular episode or any episodes, or indeed find out other guests that we've had on, the full list of both those things is at cosmicshambles.com slash bookshambles. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' Book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions. Bye.